Hi there. My name is Emily and you're listening to the Mummel Road podcast. Today, I interviewed a man called Steve Innes. In his previous career, Steve was a police officer. He was well regarded within his industry and conscientious within his role. For reasons that Steve will explain during this podcast, he chose to leave the police force and he took a job within the disability industry. Today, Steve is the Social Inclusion Curator of Innovations and Partnerships at Curry Curry Community Services. Steve is a passionate advocate for the inclusion of individuals with disabilities in workplace and community settings. This is a really brilliant interview and I really encourage you all to listen to it. This podcast does discuss topics including depression and PTSD. Please be mindful of this if this is going to impact your mental health today. I hope you enjoy this podcast. You will get so much out of it. I'd love to hear your feedback. Steve, thanks so much for joining us today. It's terrific that you have been willing to give some of your time to explain your story and the difference that your work is making in Australia today. You work in an organisation within the disability industry now. However, you haven't always worked in this industry. Can you offer us an insight into your working career in its entirety and give us a bit of a snapshot about yourself? Sure. So my working career started at the age of um, 18 where I enlisted into the military. And I think my motivation at that particular point was obviously I identified within myself that I'm a person service. So I found myself in the military at a young age. I served for five and a half years. I saw active service in East Timor. I came out of the military with a plan to pursue education. And in that time, I found myself in the police force um, where I spent the next 14 years uh, specialising as a detective doing criminal investigations. From there, the journey uh, evolved somewhat where I identified with myself that uh, I was struggling with some mental health issues, uh, a very intense process of then, you know, um, Going through psychotherapy, diagnosed with a, a complex PTSD in terms of um, depression and anxiety, but the nature of the work that I did for so long made it more complex. The fact that the trauma that my exposure to trauma was not one-off; it was through years and years of work, um, and in that, that really, I guess that process is really made me see the world a little bit differently. Um, I had to reinvent myself a little bit, but in that journey of reinventing myself, I found myself um, networking, uh, drawn to the disability employment sector. Um, I find um, find some purpose there, promoting social inclusion through employment. I think for some reason that works for me. I think... um, Community and social inclusion is the key, but I find that the disability sector in particular really attracts a like-minded community, and I think that's that's what is my strength there. I find that's my connection to the community there. So today I work within an organisation that 
provides a number of business units or a number of services to the community. It's community focused and with a real focus on promoting social inclusion and creating employment for people with disabilities. But it's more showing the world that you can have models that promote people with disability in the workforce. And we lead by example, so we're advocates in that space. You've brought up a couple of really important conversations there and I just wanted to highlight one quick um, phrase that you've brought up a couple of times that social inclusion phrase do you think in your work that you've is there any and I'm not a specialist necessarily in that field but do you think there is a general relationship between social inclusion and better mental health for all individuals including individuals with disabilities yes yep I think the secret, you know, to better mental health is participation with community and social inclusion. It's when you go down a journey of poor mental health, you find yourself socially not included. Uh, Those symptoms and those feelings of depression and anxiety are somewhat highlighted. So through my own experience, being involved in community, social inclusion and having support networks or having, having a supportive people around you who can say, look, it's okay, what you're feeling is normal, we understand, there is more one, more than one way to go about going about your day in work and having that little bit of flexibility as well is really key. So absolutely, I think, better promoting community, promote social inclusion. That's what I like about the employment sector. It promotes that work is a social exercise in some capacity and it's really important. It gives you purpose. It gives you an idea. It gives you something to work on. It gives you something to think about. And that in itself is, um, yeah, promoting social inclusion, working with other people in like-minded situations. I also wanted to... um just have a a quick discussion about the fact that you've also raised the term people with disabilities or people with additional needs and the fact that you and your organisation are very open and very willing to accommodate the needs of people to get them into a workplace situation. I feel that there needs to be more proactive um, workplace action in this regard from your in your mind and certainly where you work today, what's it like to be able to accommodate the needs of somebody with a disability in a workplace, first of all? And second of all, what would be your general message to other employers who, who could and should be doing this same sort of work model? I think to answer that in a broad way, I think we need to get companies to understand that disability integration not about finding disabilities that suit cause business structure, but rather it's about changing your structure. So, and changing your structure to suit people with disabilities. I think that's the key point there. Working as an employer, and I think in the Hunter, I wouldn't say we're the highest, I don't know what the statistics are, but in the Hunter Valley, this one of our business units is one of the highest employers of people with disabilities. I really like that, the idea of the connection. I really, because I envisage the fact, and I want to come back to the fact that you don't look for the disabilities. You look for the way you can reduce the barriers. So, Yeah. Have you heard the saying, you know, 
take the diss out of the disability and then focus on the ability and look at uh, don't look at our differences but look at our similarities, you know, things like that. They're the things that you look at. Um, so to give you an example, what makes a workforce with people who have certain limitations? First of all, I believe you promote a workforce that shows more resilience. So a person with a disability has to be resilient. They troubleshoot, they risk assess every day to provide unconsciously to them they don't understand, but for someone else they, you can see that for them, for a person with a disability, they have to assess everything to be able to function. You incorporate it into a business and a business structure, you're starting to look at things differently. And I love that because that promotes innovation. Um, I think a lot of the workforces are based on a very traditional workforce set for people who have who are able to go to work, but it's not built on a person who sees the world differently as a person with a disability would. But if it was built on through the eyes of a person with a disability, it would be a very much different workforce, wouldn't it? It would be a lot more innovative, I would think. Absolutely. Um, and so it's the, it's the resilience, it's the innovation. But um, I also find working with people directly in an employment side People with disabilities have a lot of empathy, and that that is a really key. And the empathy promotes um, loyalty, um, compassion, and I think see a shift in today's world where um, that's probably more important. That people are more reliable, they're loyal, they're prompt, and they do their job with empathy. I think a lot of employees these days are looking at people who can do fulfil contracts with that attitude. And I think this is what the strength and the added, added advantage of working with people in a disability area uh, they provide. That's excellent. It's really those words in my mind uh, would would benefit any workplace, any educational setting, any community setting. Certainly... Um, the, the word empathy brings up all kinds of um, positive connotations in my mind. Being a, a mother of a child with a disability, we, we also come as a team. So for in our mind, when I think of in the future when my son is applying for a job, we are all going to be so invested in that workplace together as a unit because that's what um, families of children and people Sometimes with um, with children with a disability, you had to work as a tight a, a tight knit group, and the the personal investment is huge. And I also really think that's um, that's quite beneficial as well. And it comes back to that loyalty. You brought that word in as well. So, if in my mind, if somebody was willing to give my son a shot at a um, employment situation, we would embrace them. Hugs and all, we'd be all in, boots and all, and, and it would be terrific. Yeah. I, I don't always advocate for businesses who want to employ people with disabilities with a hidden agenda. I, I, I advocate for people with disabilities because they can perform the role. They're, in, they're more than able to do it. They're, um, they're included in society. It gives them a purpose. But it does make sense to employ people with disabilities because it does promote better business because the extended family 
would also, you know, everyone knows someone with a disability. They go to a workplace and, and it's okay. They see someone with a disability. It's going to attract more business for that business. But that's another thing. It's not my motivation or agenda, but it has been a proven thing as well that um, the greater community will support a business for the person with a disability. I interviewed uh, in this podcast series my husband, Tim, and in he raised a really important issue um, from a person who prior to having a child with a disability didn't have a lot to do with individuals with disabilities or additional needs in any capacity. And he really looks at the life prior to having a child with additional needs and after that occurrence. And he feels like he just, he missed out on a a really excellent learning experience when he was younger. So he's really learnt about the the different lens that this, um, that disabilities can place on families and workplaces and individuals. And he it was really great to get that insight into his thinking. For you, do you feel a little bit the same maybe from a, a younger Steve's point of view and then an, a, an older Steve's point of view where you've had that um, insight into uh, some mental illness and looking at things differently and really having to um, have mindfulness and all of these sorts of different um, different tools do you feel a bit the same to um, how Tim described his experience? Yes, yes. I would say the younger version of myself. So my who I am today would be an evolution of experiencing lived experience, you know, lived life. That's how I've evolved today and my influences through that experience. The younger version of myself was very naive to mental health. In fact, I would say an influence on my family, it was more, you know, there was no way that you would talk about feelings. There was something you didn't do. I didn't grow up in an environment which was nurtured where there was full of lots of, um, you know, we spoke of feelings. It was very, you know, what are you crying about? You know, get over it. It was, um, you know, why are you feeling like that? It was was always dismissed, essentially. the person I am today thinks completely opposite to that, um, the importance of sharing your feelings, talking it out, um, but providing, I think even as a parent now, providing the opportunity and a safe place, I guess, to have someone be able to ex- express their feelings or emotions in a judge-free environment. There's no consequences of what you're saying. It's what you feel. Let's talk about it. Let's explore how it makes you feel, what strategies you could do to make that better. We implement that here in a workforce. Um, you know, we understand people with mental, mental health actually will have their bad days. And as a business, instead of making that an issue or punishing someone for having a day off or the threat of losing a job, we in fact do it differently. We go, your job is safe. We often offer a care package for those who are in a little bit more financial strain and then we go, take your time, your job is safe, you're more than welcome to come back when you're ready and we hold we hold people's jobs. So that's an additional fear that they don't have. A lot of other employees don't do that. Um, but I think it's because we're so much more attuned now. We're not. That's, that's an experience that we've learned to live and we've, I don't think businesses would have done that before. This is a question and I'd, 
if you're uncomfortable to answer, that's completely fine. But I'm also thinking about your previous personal experience in the police force. If you were a police officer or a detective today, would you do you think you could have any of these insights into your professional work, or do you think is is um a, is this role that you've got now really where you can stretch your wings? And or the other way I want to think about this question or statement is how can the police force begin to or look at this area differently as well? Is that something that you can talk about or is that too difficult? Yeah, I, I'm happy to talk about it. It's complex. Um, funny enough, I was only talking to someone about this this morning, but the police is an organisation and the nature of their work exposes you to very traumatic events day in, day out. Dealing with that's very complicated and it's very complex and it would be very hard to find the right approach. But my experience with the police is the understanding of mental health or their workers was very poor when I was employed. There was no formal training or time to go out and learn more about individual mental health. It was something that you had to suck up, get on with it, um, put on a mask, don't show emotion. And even you go to a very traumatic job that are very emotional, even for yourself, it was important that you main, you maintain a posture, a professionalism, you had to get the job done. And those jobs can sometimes last for a few years. And I think the police unawareness at the time of my service also had an impact on, there was, a, it was evident there was mental health issues in society, but better ways of dealing with mental health people, um, people struggling with mental health and often led to bad decisions. Um, which have to be made then and there. Mm-hmm. But if the right supports and understanding and community expectation was met, that sometimes the uh, outcome could be a lot different. Yeah, so it's very complex. Um, who I am today would be a different approach. But I often think sometimes my strength is my weakness. I'm a person who has a lot of empathy. And if you go into a job where you like the police and you show too much empathy, sometimes it's a good thing, but sometimes it could be a bad thing. I would definitely be very different about it today. And in terms of mental health in with the police officers and serving members, any emergency services actually should have time for respite. They need time to walk away from the, the work site and undertake some sort of um, group or individual therapy in a quiet environment. So there are some hospitals out there like the St John of God Hospital that are set on beautiful grounds. I could imagine something like that would be a great place to go, have some respite for a week, take some time out, attend some sessions, learn about mental health, work with some experts, broaden your understanding of it, understand that it's okay, that these feelings do happen. Um, I think that's probably an approach. It is complex and, and again, it's not obviously not my area of specialty, but I wanted to get your insight because it's so important. We, You're right, all of our emergency services and in fact, healthcare and education, they're the people we really need to be fostering and supporting and we need to all be behind them. And it's just, I wanted to, it's terrific to get your insight because of the well, the, the rounded story that you've had in your life so far. Mm-hmm. Your, I just, your workplace now is incredible. You've touched on it a couple of times, but I just wanted to give you the floor and to really add any final comments about what you're doing there and, in fact, what your workplace provides because, from what I understand, it's terrific and I'd just like to give you the floor and, and for you to add any final comments on that. 
Well, where I work now, what I like about it the most is there's a real energy of providing community services to the community with a real community focus, but with an innovation. And I think if we were looking at it, there was a real movement probably about 30 years ago within the disability sector and employment. And I would say that work was groundbreaking. It was it, it changed the way things were looked in particular people with disabilities and employment and, and businesses, and there was a lot of advocating. My observation from being in this industry is that's gone really stale and there's been very little movement. There's been some minor adjustments to try to improve things, but the system itself hasn't changed a great deal and it's stale. I think we're going through a period of change now. I think there's real, real um, movement of changing business structures. There's a real push to show the world, show communities that this is something we should be doing. We should be investing more into it works. As I speak now, I'm looking at innovative ways of changing the workforce, which will be very competitive for the job market, but it will be great for people and people with disabilities. It's changing people's perspectives. It's making the name disability not a dirty word, something not to be scared of. It's giving employees confidence to go, you know what, this is not This is really no different to having a, an able body come in as well with a disability. They're human. They have, people have ideas. They bring a lot to the business. Let's focus on that side of things. But our business is demonstrating that we put things in place to show that this can work. That's what I like about it. Our, our service offerings go from health services to you know building homes specifically for people with home modifications for disability and aged care. But we're also doing a lot of uh, we're creating new structures to a business and showing people how to do it. So that's what I like about it. We're not talking about it. We're not social influencers. We're advocates and we lead by example. And there's some real drive at the moment of what we're doing in that space. I love doers. I love people that are getting the job done, actually getting the job done. Guys like you make the workplaces like yours and people like you make the world go round and make proper change and proper progress, which is terrific. And like I've said, you know, you know my son as well. I'm a, I'm a parent of a child who when in 10 years' time is going to be looking for a job and hopefully independent living and housing. And so yeah. I look at what you do and say this could be completely life-changing for my child. So yeah. this is not something, not it's not airy-fairy. This is actually mm. um, making a huge difference. And also... That we're looking at a lot of people. People think disability is a small proportion and small percentage of our population, and it's not. So you're making yeah. a real difference to a significant percentage of our population. And I think the bigger picture there is to look at, and my stats won't be accurate, but 70% of people with a disability incur a disability after birth, right? We're an ageing population, and that... Our life circumstances can change, even in my own life, but your your circumstances in life can change. So it probably should be a subject that we're all talking about because it could impact any one of us at any moment or our family members. And I think we need to take that stigma out of it and, you know, treat this as a conversation we should be having with everyone and how to better it. And that's exactly what we do here Um, what, what I actually find interesting is this little community of Curry Curry and there's this amazing organisation that does all this. Um, 
which my one of my aims is to bring this business out of the shadows into the spotlight this year to show people what we're doing in regional New South Wales and exactly that, to change the lives. That's what we do. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Steve, thank you for your time. You are an incredibly busy and incredibly important person because of the work that you're doing and I appreciate the time that you've taken out of your day to speak to me today. I want to be able to put a a spotlight on what you're doing and I would really love to have another interview with you later down the track to hear about some of the initiatives that you've put in place and to to see exactly um, what you're doing in practice come to life and see that difference. Happy to do that. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Matt. I really loved speaking to Steve today. His insight is unique and inspirational. I'm the parent of a child with a disability, knowing that people like Steve are paving the way for my son to have an employment opportunity when he's older is really comforting. When Steve is not at work, he's on the steering committee of the Making Waves Foundation here in Newcastle. Jump onto their website to take a look. This initiative ensures that children with disabilities or children from a disadvantaged background have the experiences that they may never have thought possible. I'm really hopeful to be able to pop over to the Newcastle base and pop some photos onto my socials to show you what they're doing. Remember, every road starts with small steps. I'm Emily from Mummel Road. Bye for now.